Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 54. In this episode, my friends and I talk about the idea of empire as such, with a specific eye toward what's going on right now in Ukraine and Russia, but also talking about the United States and how our actions around the world qualify as empire as well. So if any of that sounds interesting to you, go ahead and give it a listen, and I hope you enjoy. Hello. Yes, okay. We're ready. <laughs> Hello. How is everyone doing? We, we are prepared. We are prepared. I feel like we're doing great on crosstalk. <laughs> Let's get to the crosstalk. Wow. Oh. Where we talk new, about... New, new title for the podcast? That's what I'm saying. That, is, so. that has got to already be oh, a podcast. Would it blow your mind if it wasn't, though? <laughs> yes, <laughs> you look it on there. really would. Looking okay, it up. Miguel... Jamie, pull okay. that up. <laughs> like, it would be one of those funny things where it's like, like, theology or theocastle is not taken. It's like, how? How? Yeah. Like, like, obvious thing. Like, if there wasn't a podcast called The Godcast, I'd be surprised. Be uh, if there wasn't a podcast called, I don't two know. Two peas in a pod. If it was Doctrine. Like oh, yeah. That's definitely got to be one already. All right. I'm counting seven. <laughs> oh, one so of, far, one of which is crossword puzzle related. Oh, <laughs> that's clever! A though. podcast about uh, crossword. An- another of which is crosstalk, but it's Deutsch. Wow, it's you know what's you know what's wild is like that. That's actually a really good podcast idea of like if you did a podcast that was about the New York Times crossword puzzle every day, or wait, do they put out a yeah magazine every day? Then yeah, newspaper or news. Whatever. A uh, blog a post. Pardon? Do they do a morning and evening or has that no, all that's gone a, away? No, that's Spurgeon. Is that, all gone, is that all gone into the past? <laughs> that's a great yeah. joke, man. That's really a good joke. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, but then it, be a... the reason it'd be such a good idea <laughs> is because there's already a built-in community of, I don't know, maybe millions of people who do that. I just want to know what you were talking about. Are you just asking me? You'd be like, huh, what an... <clears throat> like, what a... What an interesting I'll tell you what it's about. Look, word. Oh. <laughs> they solved the New York Times Thursday puzzle, banter about work and life and entertain you, the lovely listeners. I was hoping I was hoping that it wouldn't be about I was hoping it would be like yeah. someone just going, Now now six across, <laughs> a four letter word four. Okay. Try that. Now there we go. Okay, now seven <laughs> down. I, I will say crossword mumbling to himself. That type that type of podcast kind of depresses me because I'm like, I feel like some people use that as a stand-in for having friends. You know, it's like they, they listen to podcasts um, of like, you know, two people or three people, whatever. And then they feel like they're kind of a part of that community. And then it's over and you're like, well, all right, well, I guess I'll just, you know, I don't sob into my pillow. I don't remember what it was <clears throat> called, but I saw like a mini documentary that was essentially like that's what mukbangs are. Are you familiar with that? Mukbangs. Mukbang. Yeah. Bang. It's, yeah. It's a trend where people eat like this ungodly amount of food on video and just oh, have like converse, man. but like, but not like competition eating, but like, oh yeah, this is really good. I really enjoy having like a supreme pizza next to like my crab legs, and like they're just eating and talking. But to they're the eating camera. like a 
very large and it are they large people it, they don't have mouth noises they don't have like not necessarily by definition they're obese people or anything like that but like they got really popular because people were lonely eating yeah. alone yeah so like they would cast this on their television oh, man and they oh. would have their what like, a weird future yeah and i was just like yeah. this is that, like a black mirror episode it, it was like a, it was a mini doc i mean 20 minute kind of yeah. thing, maybe and i was like this cannot have been a thing that there were so <clears throat> many lonely people that they had to go no, online it, it and definitely oh, man is. it definitely <sighs> and it, it's it like me especially like uh the idea of watching i know some people will watch other people and and i'm saying this as someone who has played D before it's been a long time but i i had fun playing it um like people who will watch other people play D and then it's like you know you you almost feel like you're there at the table with them but they're all developing a friendship and you're just kind of like a it's fishbowl like thing. watching it happen is it bad that's, that i'm not like, surprised at her ethnicity of food it's that's just so weird <laughs> yeah there uh, is a, okay, there so this is, is Miguel that, showing it, us a it picture. It does intersect of, uh, with ASMR as well. Mukbang. It intersects with what? ASMR intersects. As well. <laughs> intersects. Well, I was like actually going to say, well, like the crossword, if you just a soft spoken person and just like the noise of writing, I would fall asleep to that. that. Yeah, I would say that'd put me out. Uh, you know what the original ASMR video stream was, right? It was Schindler's List, wasn't it? What? Wow. He oh, went there. Whoa. <gasps> irony? <laughs> Nobody's a fan of irony. I don't think that's Wait, irony. It's irony. Because it's not going to. Well, actually, it could be... Okay, I know where you're going, and, and don't wrong. go there. It's yeah. wrong. No, uh... I'm so caught off guard on Bob, <laughs> Bob Ross. Oh, yeah. The paint, oh, yeah. The paintbrush Oh, he definitely was. And his voice. You know, oh, we're just going to put a nice At, little... I come after school and fall asleep to him. You know? The opposite mm. of uh, Bob Ross and ASMR was uh, Steve Irwin. <laughs> Crikey! <laughs> just the opposite. What a beauty! <laughs> I, I can't really do it. Really I could fall asleep to it. All I know how to say is crikey. crikey. <laughs> what a beauty. Yeah. That'd uh, be oh, stingray. <laughs> oh, so, you know, like, I'm sorry. Hey, that is a single person's death. Doesn't oh, matter. You were making you a joke about all multiple the stingrays. Persons. The amount of people who died, that's the ratio of how appalled people should be at the joke. Mm. So, so, I'm not, I'm not sinless. Here's a good little trick <laughs> for you. better than you. Uh, if you if you want to speak good Australian, speak goodly. Yep. Speak Australian. Well. It's good eye, like your eyeball. Mm-hmm. Might, like what lives in your eyebrows. Good eye, might. Wow. What? You know, and just, then, oh, and now mites. I just know all of how that, to, that how is, to say anything. That is how to break the ice in Australia. Yeah. Right I was just talking about yeah. how, like, if you say beer can in a British accent, it sounds like that you make a person think bacon. Say it. Uh, I don't do a good British accent, but it's uh, beer can. No, and that's, that's, and that's what? Sounds it's like, bacon? But it, it, sounds like, bacon. it sounds like ba- like it sounds bacon. like someone who's like Jamaican saying bacon. Saying bacon. Jamaican bacon? That's how they say bacon. Yeah. Amen. That doesn't sound like beer can to me. Anyway. <laughs> bacon. <laughs> anyway, now, now, I'm gonna now you're just ready to travel. Want to see this it. is what happens when we don't so, immediately have a topic. We're talking about Britain Are we? right now, or Jamaica. Jamaica was colonized by Britain, right. and that was an empire. Mm. So how about Russia trying to expand its sphere of influence over Ukraine right now? Yeah. I feel like we really got ahead of this one. We did a podcast two weeks ago we did. about how this was going to play out. And I got to say, all of our predictions 
have been 100% correct. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go back and listen, but like just now read I the news. Want to. Read the news and like uh, that's exactly what we said. Straight from the mm-hmm. mouth Shh. of uh, Don't don't uh, don't go looking. Would you say that Britain's go still an empire, or do you think no? Pardon? Do you think Britain's still an empire, or would you say no? Ooh, that's a good question. And I would so, say, do you need an so emperor no. to have an empire? Well, I was just saying, like, state building. Is it still an and then if it's not, what what point would you have called it the fall of the empire? I mean, after World War II, whenever they decided they were going to relinquish control of their overseas territories. But they haven't all of them, though. I mean, most of them. What what do they still retain? France? British Virgin Islands. <laughs> <laughs> Don't they still claim Normandy? No, 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 no. 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 Is it, it's on their crest, though, still. They never took that away. Well, yeah, that's just to let the French know who's really in charge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is, is Normandy, is that like the, the trefoil that you're saying? Isn't it? Or, well, that's no, the, that was no, their no. historic holdings. I don't it? think that's on their crest. Wasn't that their historic holdings, though? Correct. I thought yeah, there but was that, something. The, that's uh, King Henry V. Who went down to France, and he famously wore an escutcheon, a shield that had both the uh, British and the French coats of arms quartered on each other, mm-hmm. as a way of basically just putting it out there that hey, I'm also the king of this place. Mm-hmm. So get used to that. And then they fought for a hundred years, and England lost. Mm. Yep. Yep. And that's when they stopped being an empire. No. <laughs> okay. So what's uh. We, we can talk about Russia. We can talk about America, the American Empire. We, uh, we can talk about, about Britain, Ottomans. Mm? The Ottomans. Everybody loves the Ottomans. It was. <clears throat> I was say, that was a great empire. Mm. Great in scale. How about the, the, the Byzantines? Yeah. Depends on who you ask. The Ottoman Empire is great. Like, yeah, how else would you like, pop up your feet on a chair without uh, the Ottoman Empire? Wow. That's right. Is that terrible? Uh, yeah. So what is... It's a dad joke. What Kind of. <laughs> What is an empire? I had looked up the definition, and I gotta be honest with you, bloop, forgot it. If only you <laughs> like, had all difference? of the information of the well, human I don't race want to. Let's not cheat. I mean, you can look Let's it up. Not, I'm not gonna like, say because I want to know what's the difference. All these facts. What's the difference between a kingdom and an empire? Uh, I, I would like, say like that an empire goes over multiple kingdoms. Go ahead. And whoa, em- yeah. Well, an empire, an emperor considers themselves a king of kings. Um, but then I would also say that empires have a stated and practiced purpose of expansion. Mm-hmm. Like they, mm. they are in the business of trying to claim more and more land. But you do, but I, <clears throat> as I asked, do you need an emperor for there to be an empire? I, I would say no, because I would say America had, has been an empire and may still be. And then I would also say there's a difference between like, uh, like explicit control, like this land now on a map says that it's a territory of the United States, and then implicit control, which would be more like, you know, we have uh, funded a coup that has overthrown this democratically elected leader, and instead, you know, we've propped up this other guy who's going to pass the types mm. of policies we want him to pass. Mm. I would say that in that sense, the United States has an empire that goes to every continent? Question mark? Explore. Explore. Explore this issue. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> well, I was also going to say, like, Rome. I mean, not Antarctica. We have... We have <laughs> There's Emperor P- Penguins. Have- oh, my gosh! They were set up by the and Americans. it's the only empire that is in every time zone. 
That is crazy. Dude, Emperor Penguins. What a great joke. I would have, I would have completely missed that. And then there would be somebody listening to, the, to this podcast being like, why aren't they thinking of how great of a joke Emperor Penguins is? But you've saved us from that possible future. Forget mole people. Emperor Penguins. Emperor Penguins. Every time zone. Yeah. I don't think England can claim that. I mean, the sun never set whatever, but it's like the sun always sets in the <laughs> Antarctica. The sun always sets here. I mean, we have people down there, like stations, but yeah. it's part of a cooperative. Not but like the penguins always. are in control. Are they? Oh, yeah. Penguins are super easy to kill if the book that I read about. Oh, my gosh. You did read a book about killing penguins. Listen. It was about an expedition to the South Pole, but but there were many chapters. They are easy to kill, right? So you have to ask, why does Antarctica have so many of them? Antarctica. They're that easy to kill. They had no predators until... No no polar bears. That's right. And I'm sure there were polar bears there. The polar bears are so afraid, they fled to the opposite end of the planet. That's a fair point about empires. If you have no predators and you can just keep expanding, you keep keep expanding. That's right. It's almost like the strong do what they can Mm -hmm. and the weak suffer what they must. That's is that a okay. quote from someone? That is a quote from uh, the Julius Once Lincoln. Future King. The Peloponnesian War. That's what the uh-huh. Athenians said to the island of Melos, I think, uh, when they said they didn't Melos. want to pick a side. Pronounced Melos. Melos. That's right. Melos. Antarctica. They make a good drink. Usually colored yellow. Wow. <laughs> anyway. You're an actual dad. So also, I'm now second-guessing whether that's the actual name of the island. But anyway, that is a philosophy called realpolitik, which mm-hmm. I kind of ascribe to, which is that, look, I mean, people just do whatever they... Like, the, the strong do whatever they want, you know, and then everybody oh, no. else just kind of gets caught up in the crossfire. Yes. So uh, Russia is in the process of trying to reassert their dominance in a on a patch of land that they used to just explicitly control which is today and for the last 30 years has been the country of ukraine Mm -hmm. but part of what i talk to my students about is like you know ukraine is like i'm older than ukraine you know oh wow yeah now the ukrainian culture and language and all that kind of stuff yeah but like ukraine has always been under the dominion of russia Mm -hmm. rather in the form of the ussr or the Russian Empire before that. Mm-hmm. Um, was, but, this is this is my a genuine question for me, not knowing a lot about Russian history and, uh, well, like Eastern. I've never history. been more ready for whatever you're about to ask. Um, was there ever a time before, uh, what eighty nine was when Ukraine first started? Was it ninety? Ninety. Ninety. Was there ever a time before Wait, that the Ukraine was AD ninety? Eighty nine. Eighty nine. Nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, it was yeah the, the wall. Was there the Berlin any wall time before that that Ukraine was its own country, or was it always under the influence of? That's Russia a tricky question. Well, I can tell you that going at least all the way back to Genghis Khan, the answer is no. So that's the eleven hundreds, I think. Right. Yeah, that's about as far back so, as I was thinking. But then, before that... Like in modern times, there was not... No. Before that, the thing that we would call Russia and Ukraine and Belarus, it was all one ethnicity, one you know people group, maybe even that recently one language. But uh, like Kiev was the capital of the people who considered themselves the Rus. The Rus, The yeah. Kievan Rus yeah. is actually what they were called. Um, and then the Rus kind of you know got split up i mean russia for 
400 years was under the control basically of Mongols. And so the Mongols got to decide who the Russian grand prince or, you mm-hmm. know, basically king of kings was. Uh, but he still had to bow the knee to the to the Mongols and pay taxes to the the great the great Khan, uh, K H A N, not like a Khan artist. But anyway, <laughs> um, it's like you guys are one up. So then I, <laughs> so then it was Ivan the Great, Ivan the Third, uh, that freed the city of Moscow from Mongol control. And then it's actually a pretty interesting story because like he and the Mongols both marched their armies up to the like opposite banks of a river and they just neither side wanted to go first and they were there for three weeks and then the mongols just went home and he's like i have i have achieved victory and finally the russians you know have a city that's governed by us and then he expanded his sphere of influence uh his grandson i believe was ivan the terrible uh you know continued to um continued to just expand 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 uh then the romanovs and it's like while all of this is happening, the thing that we would call this is the Russian Empire. Mm-hmm. And the Russian Empire is largely controlled by people who are Russian, consider themselves Russian, they speak Russian. Um, but they also have, as kind of like client states, I think would be a good way of, of thinking it, client, uh, client yeah. states, like they're, they're tributaries, like they... They kind of have to pay homage, but there's there's a really um, amicable relationship between these places. Uh, would be specifically Russia, Belarus, which is just means White Russia, and then Ukraine, and uh, they all three have similar but not identical languages, kind of like Spanish and Portuguese type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, ethnically, genetically, they're pretty much the same. To um, some extent, yeah. There's because we're talking about yeah. like large swaths of land, yeah. so um but anyway so to my knowledge before 1991 there was never a place and people that would have called itself ukraine that did not have anyone they had to answer to hmm. ever okay. yeah now th- i'm not saying that's right because one of the things like the the ussr when it was broken up part of the deal was like okay these people that you've I don't know if they would have used the word oppress, but like the people that you've mm-hmm. uh, exerted control over for centuries, they now get to be their own self-governing. They get to have their own democratic elections, quote unquote, mm-hmm. um, and you know they get to they get to be countries now. And mm-hmm. I think, I mean, Russia was upset about that, but I think everyone was just like, okay, we're we're going to have to learn to live with that. But then it's like the American Empire has been expanding ever closer and closer to Russia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Russia doesn't like that. Mm-hmm. Which I think, honestly, I think the best solution to this, what a what a rosy world this would be if this actually happened, which I don't think is going to happen, is we should just invite Russia into NATO. Apparently that's what Putin has suggested. Uh, or, and I'm not giving him credit for this idea, but like as Donald Trump has suggested, or America should leave NATO. I think either way, you've solved the problem. Because the problem is having either Russia or the United States in NATO and not the other. NATO is a alliance where it's mm-hmm. like if you attack one of us, we're all going to declare war on you. Well, I, I think that it, it really... Could, even if the United States had left, you still have the European powers that would... would because they don't... Yeah, but it wouldn't be nearly as... Uh, it, it would. As powerful oh, as yes, the United it would. States. It, yeah. It's, yeah, because... it. 
it's like you're trying to differentiate between, let me use this analogy here. Uh, let's say, because we're in Florida, right? You have a Category 5 storm, right? Mm -hmm. That's 155 mile an hour winds versus a Category 5 storm with 185 mile an hour winds. Mm -hmm. Yes, technically it's stronger, but there's no real relevance in our reality. Because 155 and 185... You're saying whether America is part of that alliance or not? Yeah. I would say no, because I, I think the main thing, and fortunately it has not mattered for many, 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 many years, but we have so many nuclear weapons. And again, the only countries in Europe, other than Russia, if you'd say that, uh, that have nuclear weapons are England and France. Yeah. Am I right on that? And combined, I think they have like 300. No, they have uh, almost 600. Okay. And we have just under 6,000. Yeah, but, but that doesn't even matter. It, it, it's, it I, was like we were... Yeah, we were talking about this before. It's yeah. like 600 is enough to, you know, end humanity, basically. <laughs> but, uh... It, Russia's not going to risk a war against 600 nukes. And that's the reason why we have the world order that we do. There's no way to shake it up. We've been trying to shake it up, and we can't. Then it's let's like, add Russia. I, I mean, I think that'd be very interesting... <laughs> then what would you even call it? Because NATO stands for North Atlantic. Yeah. And it's like, you know who else is... So Ukraine has officially applied to NATO mm -hmm. as of today. Yeah. Uh, but you know who else is applying is Georgia. Oh, and yeah. it's like Atlantic. Mm. North Atlantic Treaty Organization. Mm, yeah. And like Ukraine and, I mean, Turkey is in this thing. It's like, it, it we should really just sense. call this, I don't know, the the Western Alliance or something like that. But then it's like if Russia joins it, I don't know. I think that Russia's kind of Western. They they are the Jesus well, I don't know what's the okay. post millennialism. Well, See, how does Turkey fit into that? Uh, you know, Constantinople. <laughs> but they call it Istanbul. Istanbul. It was Constantinople. Now it's Istanbul. It was not Byzantium. Constantinople. Why why did Constantinople get the works? It's nobody's business but the Turks, right? There we go. <laughs> I was, waiting, I was waiting for oh, you yeah. to finally get I was like, yes. Okay. Anyways, we had a moment. Uh, I don't know what would happen if Russia joined NATO. I think, okay, I don't know why the United States would want that, though. Because now if you have an alliance with three nuclear powers, and, like, let we leave. Four. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying if we leave. Oh, we wouldn't yeah. want Russia. In that case, we would not leave. Yeah. Ever. But if it's the four, then you call that the world. Basically, because it's like <laughs> everyone that matters. Yeah, like, Take that, China. It just and North India. Korea, China okay. and India, where most people are. They would have. I mean, it would just. Is it, that accurate? No, no, not quite. China, but India. Between China and India, you have about a third of the world's population. Yeah, isn't that wild? That is very crazy. It's like uh, Francis Chan. I remember he said, uh, you know, sometimes people think it's weird that this church has a Chinese pastor, and I just think. I think it's more weird that you're not Chinese, <laughs> like globally, you know. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, anyway, but yeah, I mean, you wouldn't call it the world, but I'd you'd call it uh, Christendom. Is world uh, dominators? I guess. New Rome. New Rome. Oh boy. Uh, speaking of empires. Yeah. yeah. I don't, but I don't know. Uh, I don't know why that hasn't happened. Because it's like obviously we know what happened with Cold Cold War, but ever since then, right? It's been what thirty years, like you said. Mm -hmm. So it's like it's there's been ample time, and it hasn't happened. I don't know that in Russia there's a great 
desire for it or maybe mm. it's maybe it's the European Union mm. you know those countries don't want a third European nuclear power mm. I don't know I really don't know I probably want to look into that if there's any information but it's not gonna happen anytime soon so one thing that's interesting is just to see how online and I feel like with the media and I'm not like gosh I feel like it's so easy to be heard as saying the thing that you're not saying mm. but uh i'm not defending anyone but it's like I, I feel like all the media is just uh so one-sided on this and i get that mm. like you know ukraine was invaded by right. you know a, a foreign superpower so it's like or i don't even know if, you, if you'd want to say superpower but i guess if there's a superpower other than the united states right now you'd have to put russia on that list um but it's like all, all of the media, it, someone, someone put it like this. Let's say there's a serial killer and you find out that that serial killer, when he was a child, was like locked in his, in his uncle's basement and his uncle like, you know, sexually abused him and everything. And then you say all that thing and people go, oh, are you defending his actions? Like that, it's like, I'm not defending it. I'm just giving you some context for maybe why yeah. this is happening. And uh, like I, the, the way that I've, come to understand this which i think is pretty holistically like there's a lot of fault on america um and just the way that the world has been being handled over the last 30 years and especially mm -hmm. nato um like i without excusing it it's like it, it does put into context some of what russia is doing mm -hmm. with all this so mm -hmm. yeah i think we are uh in large part to blame but i think that it was a, it was, I almost want to say like, I, I don't think people really thought it through to make an independent Ukraine. Where it is, and, and it's in between two differing uh, world power borders. You know what the word Ukraine, Ukraine means? No. It means borderland. Yeah. It, it was, it was established as a buffer. Yeah. Well, I mean, it it was. They didn't just declare independence because they didn't want to be. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't created by well all powers. the all the Warsaw Pact countries were made to be buffers, like uh, like Slovakia and Poland and um, not Hungary. Was that Poland and Hungary? Yeah, but this is after World War One, so this isn't like, you know cold war type of stuff okay well i mean if yeah if we're going going that far back there, there are these border countries and that's the thing is like the the, the seeds for what's going on now have been planted over a century ago mm -hmm. um but the the fact of the matter is ukraine in all honesty should not exist it shouldn't Oof. you it, know who else thinks that yes <laughs> yes and and and, and i've i've I, I said this earlier before the podcast, but like if 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 you uh, switch the United States with uh, or you switch Russia with the United States, we would be doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah, that that's the and and apparently Putin said, and I didn't listen to it, but he gave a speech a few days ago where he just really let out a lot of why he's doing what he's doing, and he specifically mentioned the U.S. backed terrorist group um, that was in was it Chechnya. Where we had where we had mm. funded a terrorist group, and it's like people don't get the fact that like that's what we do, mm -hmm. like that's what we do is we fund like we funded the what were they they were called the Mujahideen, Mujahideen. that that are now the Taliban yeah. like 
We funded them. We gave them all their Saddam gear Hussein. so that and they Contras. could fight against. Or yeah, the Iran Contra thing with like was that a uh, Honduras and Iran like the yeah. way the, yeah. the the arms were moving back yeah. and forth, and it's like that. That's so when I was saying before about like imperialism doesn't just mean like oh when I go to my uh, dining room and I look at the map on the wall it says United States territory or it's the same color as you know you know like Alaska is the same color as the United States and Hawaii yeah. because they're part of the United States and it's like doesn't just mean that it's like where are you exerting influence and for the United States it's like I don't know that there's a corner of the earth where we're not yep you know yeah and uh, I I get how if you used to be a close second, like most powerful country in the world, and now you're like a distant, probably, probably third. What would you say? Where would you put Russia as far as like most powerful countries in the world? So U.S. Yeah. and then China, I would say. Mm. And then would you put Russia ahead of or behind England and France? I'd say probably behind. No. No, because of nuclear capabilities or okay. gas. So let's let's back up. Okay, because second largest. Oil exporter in the world, Ukraine, right? Russia. 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 Ukraine. No, no. A lot of it goes through Ukraine, oh. which is why this is a big deal. If if you look at the the five world powers, that be you which, which is the the U.S., China, Russia, U.K., and France. Okay, uh, this is not an exhaustive list, but these are just four things they all have in common, which I think is what makes you a world power. All speak Chinese. <laughs> yeah, uh, nukes. Well, that's why they're on your hand right yeah. now. Yeah, so nukes, um, they have a uh, capable economy, they have a capable conventional military, and then they have the ability to use the UN in the most in the most optimal way. Are right? they the, they're the five mm -hmm. uh, veto, or what do you call them? Security, security council, council permanent, members. Permanent, permanent security, security council, council members, yeah. and they have the power of the veto. So they have... They have all these boxes checked. So pretty much, and, and again, it's not an exhaustive list, but pretty much. And they're all empires. And they're all empires. Mm -hmm. uh, some of these uh, countries, uh, Russia, um, France, the UK, I mean, China in different variations have been doing this for a very long time. So this is nothing new to them. Mm. So they might have a bit of a different perspective. What do you also, mean by very long? Well, uh, if you look at different. And also, orders, what do you mean by this? This game that that's being played. So what what you see right now, the world domination game or the world, yeah, well, uh, not domination. It's but not necessarily a world domination. Conquer. It's okay. that we want to be on top mm. so that we can kind of control our own destiny. Um, world. It's it's international relations. It's world policy setting. You know we're making, but positioning. Uh, world positioning. I don't know of an exact word you're thinking, but that's basically yeah. what they do. They're sitting on top. Pretty. Their existence is not really a threat, and probably won't be for the next at least hundred years. Has anyone here read Brave New World? Yeah. What's the name? The um the the guy who's in charge of like everything. He's called the World. Primark is what's coming to mind, but I don't think no. it's that. It. No, it, it's all right. Um. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh. So. So when you're talking about uh like ranking these. Mm -hmm. countries well, i don't really like to rank them because again i don't think it's really relevant but um i think that i wouldn't rank russia behind france and uk because what's really interesting about those countries is that they're very capable 
but it's something that like Trump had talked about earlier, like in his term was like that the, the Europe is too reliant on the United States. Mm. So the UK and France have cut back on their conventional military size mm-hmm. and that'll affect. Because they can rely they on us to yeah. get involved. Yeah. Uh, but the. You can afford I, all that free health care. Yeah. <laughs> World controllers. Ah, there we go. World controllers. I like yeah. that word. Okay. Uh, so um, I know because I've, I've read this in just reading like uh news outlets in France a while ago, and I'm sure the UK are, are right there as well. But like a couple of years ago, the generals came out with a paper kind of just talking about the state of the military and like what to look for in the future. And this is before things heated up like recently with Ukraine. They were saying we need to stop uh, thinking about with our military capabilities and operations for unconventional warfare like we've seen with Iraq, Afghanistan, mm. terrorism it's going to go back to conventional warfare we need to be more capable with that. Mm. So there was already... Who was saying that? Uh, this particular uh, article I was reading was, it was the French generals. They do this every now and again. They'll come together, they'll make a paper, and they'll inform the government, this is what we need. So they're talking about, like, it's going to come back to conventional warfare. Lo and behold, that's where we're right now with, with Ukraine and Russia. But they're behind in the capabilities, like, because they just don't have numbers. So, like, the UK and France have each maybe 250,000 men uh, mm. in their standing, or people, in their standing <laughs> army. Because <laughs> there's women, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but whereas Russia's got over a million, you know, it's, it's if you're just doing it like that, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. they're going to be able to stretch their resources mm-hmm. a lot further than, than France. So that's why it won't rank. They so have... then why, why would you say that Russia is struggling so much to take Ukraine? I don't think they are. And you I think, think it, they're just very much limiting themselves right now? Oh, yeah. Um, well, I mean, obviously, when you have a big red button and you don't push it, right. that's but a even major then, they, limit. They, they, have, they assembled... Two- Dude, one of the teachers... I, I had just left the lunch table when this happened, but one of the teachers... The day that Russia invaded, uh, so it was like last Wednesday, I think, right. or Thursday. It's been five um, days, I think. We're on day six. So uh, he he came to the lunch table and said... I just got back from the computer lab. Russia nuked Ukraine. Oh, and he was kidding, but like, <laughs> wow, please do not joke about that. Yeah. <laughs> like, like we had a history teacher there that was like, like my heart sank. Like he just had a baby girl and he's like, this is, and then, and he's like, yeah, I'm just, <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, here I am laughing my butt off because <laughs> now it's very funny. Oh, but yeah. wow, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, Oh my goodness! Yeah, like, this is a grown man said that. <laughs> this wasn't like a sixth grader. Yeah, so, I, so they assembled two hundred thousand, uh, you know, troops and just uh, people to deal with logistics and everything. Two hundred thousand people, right? That is a very capable fighting force. Like mm-hmm. that's what we sent it to Iraq. Um, so, like. I think it was maybe half of those have been kind of engaged in the in the action, but like you don't half see, of that two hundred thousand or half of their million, half of that two hundred thousand. Okay, um, but like you said about the media, like a lot of what you're going to see is Western media, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I've watched, I've been watching news outlets from India, from, from mm-hmm. Europe, from the United that's States. what the guy I was talking about. He's sending me other news outlets and i'm like oh man this is different yeah and you got to read it like it's all subtitled because it's in like other languages well the the outlet i i watch with india it's in english Mm. otherwise yeah i was not gonna know what's going on Mm. i have to well subtitles it didn't even have subtitles 
It was on YouTube, so there's no subtitles. Or at least I didn't find it. But anyways, the, the whole thing is this. Like, you see a lot of images of, like, oh, the Ukrainians have beat back the Russians. But any when you talk about, like, people who are in the know or with intelligence or just have dealt with Russia, they'll tell you, one, a lot of that equipment is, like, Soviet air equipment. It's old. Mm. You know, so they're not even sending their, their best equipped troops. And then, mm. two, a lot of these troops that they're fighting and encountering are just there to scout. And so what I was telling David... The I think Ukrainians? Telling, no, the, the Russians. The, the troops... Oh, okay, got it, got yeah. it. The Russian troops are scouting. Yeah. Okay. Um, or special forces. This is a lot just smaller. reconnaissance. Yeah, basically. Right so I, I, I don't know if I was telling Dan or David or everybody, but I'm saying, what I was saying is that what is really going on is that the Russian forces are feeling out the Ukrainians. Hmm. It's all about uh, intelligence gathering. And yeah, there I would say it's probably... Several hundred Russians have probably died. I, I think that it's the same number in Ukraine. The Ukrainian government said that they killed almost 5,000 Russians, and I think that's completely laughable. There would be so much more evidence to that. Like, there's not just mm. images of burned-out trucks, whatever. Like, 5,000 dead? Mm. How many injured are we talking about? We have to be mm. tens of thousands. There's mm. no, there's not none of that. Um, Who's saying 5,000? The, the Ukrainian government. Oh. It's, it's just not true. You don't like that would be a, a complete disaster. This would mm -hmm. be overhauling the whole invasion. They would be retreating mm -hmm. by now. Mm -hmm. um, but they're not. I mean, they're saying that maybe the Russia miscalculated or whatever. And I'm like, how many people live in Ukraine? Forty-four million. Forty-four million. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow, that is way more than I thought. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a it's a big yeah. country, uh, both population and land wise and everything like that. But it, the forces that the Russians have. Mm. They could, and they are, bombing when they want to bomb, where mm. they want to bomb. Mm. They don't even have to send troops. They can just obliterate mm. Ukraine. What they're doing is, one, they're feeling out. And two, I don't think it was ever Putin's intention to destroy this country. Mm. They want to take it over. Mm -hmm. And they want it to benefit, you know, obviously, mm -hmm. uh, Russia. So they're being very restrained. What we're, what we're seeing a lot with the Western media is like obviously images of people dying or getting hurt, which is completely terrible. Like I, I, I don't like seeing it at all, but we're already like putting it more, like we don't have an idea of just what Russia could do if they really mm -hmm. wanted to. Mm -hmm. And I think though, even without their nuclear weapons. Oh yeah. They don't need yeah. nukes to take care of Ukraine. Yeah. They have nukes there because they're reminding everybody that there's nothing we mm. can do about it. Mm. There's nothing that we could do about it. And so and maybe they want to also intimidate the Ukrainians so that it doesn't have to be this big, bloody fight. But what uh, some people have been saying is that the way they've been doing it, obviously they're, they're facing stiff resistance, but it's only going to make things worse for the Ukrainians because then they're going to up the ante, basically. Mm. And I don't know if you've seen pictures, but outside of Kiev, there is uh, a column of troops so just on the roads. Mm. that stretches miles and miles and miles, like 10 to 15 miles mm. of just convoys and just troops. Mm. They're going to, they're getting ready to set the whole uh, capital under siege. Mm. And they can just basically wait out the Ukrainians anyways. Mm. That's how sieges have worked in mm. the past. So it's just a restraint effort from Russia. And we're, I think that because we're pro-Ukrainian, right, we mm. want to build it up. But it's like, they're... <laughs> A country doesn't do what Ukraine has done if they're winning like that, where they're pu pulling out kids who are 18 years old and saying you have to fight for your country. Mm. We're giving mm. weapons to citizens who have no mm. uh, military experience. You don't, and you can't get a military 
to be elite by just training them, mm. you know, for a week, mm -hmm. right? A lot of these Russian soldiers that are coming in, uh, I wouldn't even say they've fought yet, are ones that have got experience in Syria and in Georgia and in the previous Ukrainian war. Mm. So, like, they're... It's so stacked against against them. It's not fair, and that's what I was kind of telling Dave. Is like I would not be encouraging Ukraine to fight mm. because there isn't going to be a war they win. I mean, mm. maybe there's you know the the popularity of you know Ukraine goes up so much, and and the popularity of Russia goes down so much, and they just can't hold it. But it's like Putin will play the long game, mm. and that's another thing that you have to see. Russia has this advantage over the West. Mm. They have in their leadership guys who are ex-KGB. They know how this game is played, and they don't have term limits. Mm. Who do we have in, in control mm. is, a, is a career politician mm. who might be gone in the next three years. You know, mm. We're changing out administrations time and time again. It's, it's not even fair. So it, it's all advantage to Russia. Mm. There's nothing that we're going to do. And if you look at Biden, read between the lines. He says, oh, I'm going to set these sanctions up and it's going to really hurt uh, Russia. But we will not send troops to Russia. Okay, so it's like, hey, we're going to put up a fight. You're going to have to deal with this. But at the end of the day, if you want Ukraine, it's yours. Mm. That's just how it is. Today, it's Ukraine. 40, 50 years ago, it was Vietnam. Mm. It was Korea. We know where the borders are. Well, I mean, I would say that yeah, Korea, Vietnam, but it's like there's there's a world of difference between the world that we're living in now and then the the world during the Cold War. The, the difference yeah. is is that in the Cold War we had a sense of reality. In this world, we don't have a sense of we reality. We have a we've been lulled absolutely by a false sense of security. We think the Cold War is finished, but it's like the the same players are there. There is no resolution. That's why it's called the Cold War. We had a chance to really shake things up once Russia, once the Soviet Union collapsed and maybe try to have a regime change. Mm -hmm. And it started out being friendly to Western, like pro-Western mm -hmm. with Boris Yeltsin or whatever. But even then it would have been very difficult because you're still dealing with a country with nuclear weapons. And if you mm -hmm. have a general, let's say, who sees his country being taken over by forces he was at war with mm -hmm. and he has access to nuclear weapons, like he can go rogue and do that. So we mm -hmm. try to do it as like nicely as possible. But it was never resolved. And that's what I'm saying. Like, Ukraine was on borrowed time. Ukraine is a border. Mm. That's all it's ever going to be, as long as there's a Russia and a NATO or whatever. Mm. Um, like, Finland had talked about joining NATO, and Russia threatened them, and mm -hmm. they've kind of brushed it aside. And I'm like, to your detriment, you will mm. brush that aside, because they can take over you, too. Mm. There are established borders. This country knows those borders. Like, if Russia was to attack Poland... For sure, there would be NATO troops there, and we would be going to war head to head. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't get resolved because you got two <laughs> nuclear powers against each other, you know. Mm -hmm. But what we've realized after the Cold War is that there's a lot of money to be gained with more open markets, and when you don't mm -hmm. make the yeah. world so bipolar in a sense. Mm -hmm. And so we did that for decades, and now we're so tied to each other. It's like going to war isn't really going to help anybody. So sometimes you got to let things go. Mm. Play the long game. So that's why I'm saying, like, if you re read between the lines where the articles is going on with, with China and Taiwan, Taiwan's next. Mm. It was always going to be next. I don't think it's worth it for us to draw the line there. At Taiwan? At Taiwan. Because it's not, really? I'm not saying Even that Taiwan... Even with the microchip Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not saying that they're not important, but you could always replace Taiwan. You understand? But it's like, if, mm -hmm. if Japan... I feel like it'd take a while, man. <clears throat> 
I Japan's right there. But it, like okay. Japan or the Philippines, like, and they would love it. They would love to be the hot girl in the party that everybody's going to. <laughs> no, because when when all the world powers are coming to woo you, now you don't have to worry about so much like, oh, we're next. It's like, oh, we can be friends. Like India is playing this game perfectly. Hmm. They're great friends with Russia and they're great friends with the United States. They're not going to condemn Russia um, because they do, they're playing the long game. You know, hmm. like we are not. Lay low for now. Huh? Lay low for now. Yeah, lay low for now. Like, I like. I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm hearing you. I'm just like, man, I feel like you're taking like a really, really, really high bird's eye view on it yeah. on, on a few things. Oh, yeah. On, on, and, and I'm like, like just so one of the things you mentioned is like, you know, who's in political power and then like we're going to replace that person in, in, in three years. And it's like, yeah, but that selection process is still done republicly um but democratically yeah you know so like so the public consensus mm -hmm. is going to choose it so it's not like it's like oh it's 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 a crap shoot like yeah the next yeah. guy might come in and just might be like nope or full bore charge in so that's not as well, wild card as you made it seem and it, then it even has then, felt pretty wild card these last two elections well let me like but i i get what you mean but yeah. it's like okay we get the people we choose but like wow we've sure chosen a couple of weirdos but but when has um national approval been like its highest right after 9-11 exactly when we're at war and there is a common enemy and a common cause right. to rally and 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 to be behind yeah so you know again same thing world war ii you know uh so if things escalated or if sentiments continued yeah uh we would i i, I project that the American people would rally behind a president that would claim to side and and enforce Ukrainian independence, right. irrespective of uh, presidency, you still then have generals who advise the president. Oh and, yeah, and a wise leader um, defers to someone with, and and those guys are not elected in and out. You know, exactly. those guys yeah, are yeah. promoted in. So so you have that wisdom pouring into the leadership. Yeah, but. You know, back to, like, really what you're talking about was, like, well, there's no point in fighting. Like, Russia's just, Russia's got Ukraine. I'm like, yeah, but you have, as someone who isn't an extremely proud individual of, like, I'm American in America. You know, yeah. like, you're, you're not accounting for what the citizenship wants and, and what the, and, and, and national pride, mm -hmm. you know? And, and it's it's hell to say like look we were founded out of uh, the Cold War and we've built all this up and look at what we've become just for someone to go in and say thanks for doing that I'm just gonna rake in all the chips yeah you know and 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 so like I hear you're, you were you're like, referring to Ukraine Ukraine yeah. yeah okay yeah well no where Ukraine's built all this up and Russia yeah comes yeah, in yeah and they're the ones the yeah they're the yeah. chips um you know so I hear you where it's like look fighting it uh that's bad you know like. People are going to die. Uh, the outcome might not change at all anyway. Um, but at the same time, like, look at World War II and, like, we didn't want to fight Hitler. And it was just, all right, well, like, appease Hitler. Like, he just wants this little bit. Oh, he just wants this little bit more. Just appease him. Yeah. Just appease him. Yeah. And, and what ended up happening, you know? So yeah. it's like, you know, I, I hate war. I hate to sound, like, callous about it. It's like, unfortunately, like, Death is 
just gonna be what happens and like mm. that's what makes war mean something you know because like when you're just you know i've seen it circulate around where it talks about like oh you know the future of war is just cyber war you know where you're, you're gonna have cyber attacks here and cyber attacks there and yeah. who can cripple and destabilize and all that and like yeah but ultimately like that has and maybe i'm you know too old at this point to put a lot of stock in technology but i was like like that there's no the the cost of human life is what makes war mm. val uh valuable in in a tragic sense it gives you know? to me so i i think there i think it's inevitable to sit here and say like well we want to preserve human life so like we're just going to let people roll on in unfortunately so, i don't think that's the solution uh, well we're trying to figure out the solution so like world so world war ii is related to this because uh like i said the foundation of all it's not necessarily the foundation the foundation of this actually goes back even further right so in the late 1800s there are two countries that are going to end up finding themselves in a spot where they can vie for a seat at the world power table right at that time the world powers that be were france britain austria ottoman empire and russia okay the, those two countries that are coming up is going to be what becomes germany and what what the united states ends up becoming right and because they happen to be on opposite sides there was only going to be one spot and we know who who ended up winning that but the the fights of or the wars that were world war one and world war two which really are the same war that was the shake-up okay so you have this world order and then you have the shake-up and the powers that be ended up trying to undo the shakeup, and they, they pretty much did because Germany was no longer at that seat. They had gained it before World War One, and right. then they lost it. Right? Japan tried, they lost it, and they're kind of maybe permanently lost it because it would take a lot for. But who knows? Maybe we're seeing things change. But the victors of World War Two are the major players ever since mm. uh since 1945 years yeah. the five that we mentioned have all either won both world wars or one of those world wars right but mm. why could we shake up all won both right i mean russia went um russia they had negotiated to... their way out of world war one mm -hmm. well russia had to go through a phase called communism right but <laughs> but phase. but they didn't they weren't at the victor's table come to correct Versailles, yeah you know yeah. what i mean and then China wasn't even a part of World War One, so that's what I'm saying. They, they won, won. But anyways, uh, the Cold War happened because you couldn't shake things up again because there really was another conflict that people knew even before World War Two really formulated. Because really, there was, you know, if you look at a map of Europe, for instance, um, pre-World War, or World War One, beginning of World War One, okay. and you look at the map uh, before World War Two. What you'll notice is that Europe was comprised mainly of monarchies. Mm. But then came the ideology of communism, and that was spreading like wildfire. And communism, if I have this correct, gave birth to fascism. Right? I'm not... Am I... Well, Mussolini I, was, wrote I, for socialist newspapers and was in that yeah. party, but then he decided to ditch it. So I don't know if it yeah. necessarily got birthed from... I, I think it's actually a lot more complicated than that. As I'm far sure as like, when, so when I think of fascism, I almost don't like that word. I like the word authoritarianism. Sure. So it's like, you know, you have 
usually nationalistic dictatorial control. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, if we can brand that, we can brand that fascism. But like the big thing is absolute, uh, well, absolutism. And yeah. absolutism was also a uh, philosophy of how monarchies should work. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like the more things change, mm-hmm. the more they stay the same. Yeah. Type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what what I mean that it gave birth was because through the socialist ideals, mm. because fascism, like Nazis, were still a socialist party. Like you said, Mussolini had his beginnings in socialism. Mm-hmm. That in itself is an interesting conversation. But obviously, mm-hmm. they didn't like each other. Mm-hmm. But what you see in Europe is. It wasn't, you know, Germany became fascist, Italy became fascist, and Spain became fascist. So those mm. are three big countries that are becoming fascist. France has is, is got a very divided uh, government because there's a lot of infiltration from communists and even fascists. You know, it mm. was this mm. big worry, and that was what they were worried about was actually Russia. Mm. But then, you know, Germany came up, and they're like, oh, crap. So it's true. Like, they were mm. trying to actually see if, if Hitler, at the beginning, could be an ally mm. against Russia. Mm. It's kind of crazy. But anyways, there's that shakeup. Mm-hmm. And then it's it, it became static because of nuclear weapons. Because say, now yeah. we can't resolve resolve it. So that's why yeah, we're still kind of resolved. So I'm saying with Ukraine, it's like I don't want like, yeah, like to just appease Putin. But because you have the nukes and the economy and the UN and all this stuff that I mentioned, there's no way that you can actually resolve. It will just become another Korea. That's all it can be. So, you know, cyber war, like, imagine this as trench warfare in World War One, where each side is trying to dislodge the other. And they're inventing new technologies to try to break through. Well, we're in that phase where we're not having any luck with that. Even with cyber warfare, like, we can do cyber attacks, but we have defenses against cyber attacks. And not everything is necessarily uh, able to be attacked cyber-wise, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. So it's like like we're learning with Ukraine, if, if Russia could just do it cyber, cyberly, how, what's the adjective? Digitally. Digitally. There you go. Then, then they would have done it. Right. So they, yeah. they can't. So it's like the weapons are still well, the same. Regardless, you need occupation. Yeah. Mm. I mean, there, it's either going to be a regime change or an occupation. And obviously an occupation would be bloody because yeah, the Ukrainians are not standing down, but it's like Russia, what Ukraine means to Russia is more than it means to the West. If Ukraine exists and they um, expand on their infrastructure and their natural resources, which is, they've in 2012 it was, that they realized they've had so much natural resources, they're blessed like Russia, then when Ukraine becomes this competitor that's obviously more friendly to the West, then who are the Europeans going to go to? Who are their biggest customers? It would be over for Russia in the sense of their economy. So they would go to war no matter what. So this is why... Russia is willing to die here. Mm. We're not, and we don't have to. And neither do the Ukrainians. It's like it's going to suck to have to be under Putin, but if you if you understand your reality, then you can learn to survive it. But if you think that oh, you know, the United States is going to send troops, or the, or you know, NATO's going to have us join, it's like that's just not real. If NATO accepts Ukraine, they have they have just escalated the war, and then you're not talking about two hundred thousand soldiers. Mm. And you're not just talking about Russia, because Belarus will mm. end up uh, help. I mean, they might anyways. Like they're helping. going to, yeah. Yeah, so it's just like, and then, you know, you think about China, and it's like, all right, China's not necessarily involved in this, but they don't want the United States or NATO to have an advantage, because Chinese policy and Chinese, like the Chinese long game, they're eventually going to come into conflict. 
it's like it's all this balance you've mm. got five powers that are trying to balance it and then to complicate things is you have other countries that are powerful but just not of this elite five that they're trying to place in a certain way that the other side will get screwed over or they have an advantage and even though the us the uk and france are allies they have screwed each other over mm. because at the end of the day they don't want to be answering to the other Right. So it's like they will do this this game and this dance once nukes and I don't know how this will happen, but once nukes kind of stop being the currency which all things are done by, then you'll get your world war, and you'll have tens of millions of people die because it will be the shakeup, the new world order that's been building up for all these decades. But you know, I, I don't know when that could or would happen. But I'm not saying that that's necessarily going to be better. But see, I think, you know, we, we're, you're talking about, you know, destabil destabilizing um, government through cyber warfare. And, and I do think, maybe not through cyber warfare specifically, but I do think that we see, like, I mean, Travis, you and I were talking, what did you say the, the ruble was down how much? 30% in 30, the last week. 30%, like, mm. that's devastating mm -hmm. you know and so you don't you know so and I, I know i just finished talking about like how you know the body count is is the price of war and that's what makes it significant mm -hmm. but at the same time like if they can wait that out to where hey the sanctions are lasting and hey the ruble's just in the can and the citizenship is upset um which from obviously my very american biased sources it seems to be the case mm -hmm. that the, the Russian citizenship is not super excited about this, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, it can't, it can be, I, I legitimately believe it can be won by, the, by the Ukraine mm -hmm. just by holding out. Yeah. I'm interested in your answer to that because it's like, uh, one, I see, uh, I also see a lot, like if I'm on Reddit or whatever, everyone's against Russia. Even the Russian people are protesting the war and everything. But then this guy at the church, he sent me some videos of, um, like, some of the leaders of the, what's called the the Liberal Democratic Party mm. in Russia. And, like, it's very nationalistic. And I hear him say that, like, and again, he's a politician, so he might just be expressing the alternate bias, but he's like, you know, Russia Russians in every bar in you know throughout the country like they want for this to go forward mm. like they want for russia to re-express its control over lands that it that it has historically controlled yeah so well i i like i said you know there's going to be information and misinformation and bias and I, obviously there were protests in russia which is you know you're going to face jail time for that automatically so that that's significant alone yeah yeah, yeah. but so for me it's like when you see Putin do something, you have to realize that they've thought about this already. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they've thought about the sanctions that you know anything. Because yeah, that's the thing. It's like Putin, like Hitler wasn't dumb. Yeah, he wasn't like, oh, I, I just thought of the first two moves in my chess game, and then I just figured I'd react to whatever happened. It's like, no, he, they've, Putin has thought deeply about everything that's happening it's hard for me to think that there's anything happening as far as like the court of public opinion globally or the falling of the ruble or the the you know pushback of 
Kiev or the the president or whatever. It's like it's hard for me to think that he has not anticipated all of this. Yeah, and it's it's such a um... no. But I was I would say, but but I think the same is true then for NATO. The same is true for the United States. And and I think you you said uh, it's a chess game. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I can look at you and go, okay, okay, Travis is going to do this move, this move, this move, and then I'll respond this way. And you're doing the same thing to me. And it's it's all about, all right, well, let's see if who slips up first or who miscalculated first. Mm. So, and like, I'm sure he has, and I'm sure we have. And it's, it's yeah. a matter of like, and that's why I say like, it's worth the fight because mm. somebody's going to slip up or something unaccounted for is going to happen there, or some, there's, there's a factor in there. And, and maybe it doesn't happen. You know, maybe Russia just, it's like, they played the perfect game. But maybe they didn't expect the court of public opinion to be as fierce. Or maybe, like, mm-hmm. I, I like I was surprised when I was seeing on, uh, so, you know, Travis mentioned Reddit. Uh, you know, there's a subreddit for, for uh, wet shaming. And, Ru- and, and Russia... Um, there's a lot of Russian brands of blades and people were already discussing like, all right, guys, I, you know, my Vosh gods, I'm running out, you know, where should I go next? Should I get feathers? Should I get Kai? You know, should I get treat? What, what wow. brands are, are good alternatives? What to... a rabbit hole. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Um, it's <laughs> wonderful. Um, it's one of my favorite subreddits. Uh, <laughs> but like, like that caught me completely by surprise that there's entire like subreddits that are talking about rate. Like these things cost, ten dollars for a hundred blades and mm-hmm. that'll last you at least a year mm-hmm. you know and these people are already talking about like all right what do we do mm-hmm. you know you're right but the 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 problem is that a lot of that is naive like i think it was walmart was pulling out a lot of russian vodka labels mm-hmm. or whatever yeah. and it's like Stoli. you don't yeah and Stoli made a big thing about that recently of, of press release because they were like we're not a russian company yeah and, and tito's is like yes they are <laughs> yes they are the problem the just problem letting is, everyone know the problem is, is it gets complicated because i think they do buy their alcohol the the pre-base like from a, a russian distillery but they're like we the uh, there's a couple different companies including stoli group which is like we are a they, they, they wanted to call themselves a global company of of, of of a folio brand i was reading that this morning in the industry news their folio of different brands throughout like glo- global so it's just an interesting thing like just where... so happens that 90 percent of our program yeah. made in america where from global those, parts it's one of those yeah. things, like with any boycott is like if we're gonna do any kind of like boycott like that do the research because like smirnoff was was founded in america mm-hmm. by a russian immigrant so it's like do the re- if you're gonna boycott, like, do the research of what you're boycotting yeah uh, so some of the sanctions i know they were like uh stopping exports from from russia or maybe going into russia maybe imports as well and it's like look that's not going to just take pocket out of russians that's going to take pockets out of americans out of europeans um even here in, in florida um there is a place in miami where it's called little moscow wow. because it's just hmm. Bunch of Russian billionaires who have bought these like uh, condos, expensive condos, and everything. It's like mm-hmm. if it gets far enough, it'll start affecting our economy. Mm-hmm. That's why it has a limit. So, like when I if I read that, it's like, look, it's very naive. I get what you want to do, but it's naive for for several reasons. One, because it'll come back to bite us, and it already is doing that to some extent. So we have to be very careful. But two, um, I guess you know we can go here, but it's like. You're acting like your country has done better mm. 
Mm. When it is, it hasn't. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, if you understand the motivation behind Russia and why they're doing what they're doing, it's not that it excuses it, but if you understand this world, mm. then it's like, they don't really have a choice. Mm. Um, unless something drastic changes where, again, like Russia joins, joins NATO, but does Russia stop being Russia? Mm. Like, how do you have an alliance where you have, at that point, it been four of these five countries that are, mm. does China want that? You know, it's, it's very complicated. And so it's like, there's, there, if we could have done something and it was worth it, we would have done something mm. because that's what we have done. That's why there is a North and South Korea. There isn't a North and South Vietnam, mm. you know, um, there, why aren't there troops in Taiwan? Why don't we put our troops in harm's way as a, 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 a way to send the message to China or to Ukraine? If you are to start a war, your bullets, your missiles will have to fly through us. And you know what that will mean. Well, that's because it's not going to go anywhere. It can't be resolved. So there's some countries that you have to let go. And, mm -hmm. and we have thought about this. And that's why we're doing what we're doing. And the EU is doing what they're doing. And we're already, we've already thought of ways to screw over Russia um, in another country in another way and they are doing the same thing and it's been going on you know like um in i don't know if it was in a, like with iran for instance we've been trying to keep them from doing from making nuclear weapons but they keep uh supplying either iran with maybe money or uh they send scientists sometimes over there to kind of help them through and it's just a way to kind of balance that like if you screw us we'll screw you we're not going to let you just have your way. Mm. And it's just, it's super complicated. It's very interesting as well. But like, that's, it's been going like that. Like, uh, British and French, for instance. All right. Like you mentioned the hundred year war, but like the seven year war, right. The French and Indian war, the British, mm -hmm. uh, defeat the French and, and really, uh, put a hurt on, on their North American colonies. Right. Well, years later, what do the French do? They support the rebels mm. in the colonies and now, yeah. you, you know, they've lost that. So it's just like, this is the dance will keep happening and we shouldn't act surprised or like mm. make this about, oh, it's democracy and authoritarianism. It's like, it's, it's not that because you don't have to be an authoritarian to do what Russia's doing. Mm. And that's a fact because it's already happened. Like France will do this. The UK will do this. Any country. Like, I was watching Indian TV, and actually somebody was saying this, and I was like, wow, it's really great to hear someone else say this. Um, I don't remember what he was, but it was an Indian guy. And he's like, look, this isn't about that stuff, and, and India has its own interests. Mm -hmm. I mean, India has nukes pointed at Pakistan right now. Yeah, mm -hmm. They have uh, border conflicts with China, mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, you can't just because something happens start World War III and end, mm -hmm. end it for everybody. You have to play the long game. At some yeah. point, you have to hope that like like i said nukes won't won't really be a problem anymore and 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 the order will reshake and reform mm. but it's like look at the wars that will happen if nukes are not there india will go to war with pakistan no no doubt uh china india will eventually go head to head mm. what's mm. going to happen with the eastern european countries with russia and your i mean so, so do you think the Ukrainian citizenship would be better off under Russian rule or independent rule? The citizens, yes. Independent rule or um, uh, and, and like like continuing under like, Ukrainian yeah. rule or under. Well, so I don't think that one is realistic 
and the other one is. But he's saying okay. If, the, if they no, had a choice, how, how about this? Let me let me see if this is a, a good way to phrase that question. Do you think the average, the life of the average Ukrainian, if Russia were to take over, that their life will be worse or better or the same? Um, I would say maybe. That's hard. Because honestly, this could benefit Ukraine a lot, because I would definitely see Russia opening up the natural resources in Ukraine. Obviously, that's one of the main reasons they're going to be there. And Ukraine, because even though they're part of Russia, it is still their territory that's happening. I imagine that they could get kind of rich mm. from that. But as far as freedom, I would say it would it would take a hit. Mm. But that's the thing you have to weigh. Is mm. like, what what do I want to do? Would you rather I, have more freedom or more prosperity? <laughs> no, that's a legitimate question. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm just laughing because like how. Mm true it is would you rather be able to go to the polls and and feel like your vote is making a difference or would you rather have 50 more calories a day you know in an ideal world you can have both right no i I think i think in our practical world prosperity is freedom no no no, but that's not that's what i'm saying we're talking specifically for uh, democratic political voting power i think that's what you mean by freedom right yeah. Like like election freedom. Yeah. Well, and, you know, freedom of speech, maybe, and, and what have you. Mm-hmm. But yeah. um, what I'm just saying is for Ukraine, mm-hmm. what's realistic for them. In an ideal world, Ukraine can exist, no wars, and they can just be sovereign and dictate what they want to do. But that's not what the real world is. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, they're, they're, they were a part of Russia for so long, and they're so important. I mean, if it was just a desert state, Russia wouldn't care that much. Mm-hmm. Sure. But, I mean, the, the reason I ask like that question us. is because I look at it and I say, oh, the Uc- I said like us. Yeah. The, U- the Ukrainian citizenship doesn't want to be a part of Russia. Yeah. Um, and so most to be, of them. Right, yeah. most. Yeah. Um, and so to force them into then Russian rule and Russian government, um, where then you take away their voice, where they cannot voice their dissent, I just think things are going to be worse. Um, and so, yeah. so then, is it not worth defending those people? And so I will go ahead, I, but I, I do want to speak to this. No, I mean that. That I mean that was that's mostly the argument, and and not to worth defending them. Is it not because they are independent now, and they are being forced into something they don't want to mm-hmm. go into? That will objectively make their lives worse mm-hmm. in some ways yes mm-hmm. yeah, yeah um should that not then be cause for us to then at least in the u.s yes okay um for us to not at least then say okay we need to actually take some form of action um which i think we have i mean we, we okay. have we've, we've done sanctions and stuff like that right um so are you talking about more but should that not well, I mean, just from the way that you're talking, um, you seem very, and I'm not trying to, no. you know, call you anything that, that you're not intending to be, but you seem very sympathetic or very, at least, um, apathetic to and just saying like, hey, that it is what it is, roll over, take it, you know, maybe shake a hand later and say thank you. Um, shake a hand like whose hand <laughs> like the Ukrainians are going to be grateful in the future I mean I, I, uh, I thought it was funny. shake a hand yeah like you're saying yeah. um, like you business know, concluded yeah mm-hmm. to, to which I'm just like man like 
there, there are people clearly crying out. There's a majority oh, yeah. of people clearly mm -hmm. crying out, and there's obviously uh, a wrong being performed. Yes. Um, that's going to lead to uh, a, a worse... Uh, I don't want to say quality of life, but worse yeah. okay. lifestyle. Um, I, just curious, I, I feel like your answer is going to be yes, but should the United States be involved in North Korea right now? Um, are, are you saying to the extent that we are, or more so? Well, I mean, like, trying to liberate the people who live in mm. North Korea from the oppressive regime that they live under. Yeah, um, boy, that's a difficult one for me to answer, because I don't think the United States needs to be a world police. Um, ooh, I, I don't think... I, I would don't not think... have expected you to have said that, after what you had just said. Right, and... I think the the biggest crux of my argument in this is the Ukraine is clearly calling out for help. Um, well, I mean, I th I think largely the reason that people in North Korea aren't calling out is because they're <laughs> they're propagandized and censorship and everything. So it's like right, and and that's why I say it's so difficult because um, the state of North Korea is the norm. The mm. state of the Ukraine currently is not the norm, and they are. You know, like, it's like, boy. Okay, so you're right. That's complicated. And yeah. then, And then um, kind of to to analyze even the type of question that you were asking, this, this goes back to the ways in which I'm, uh, I would say that I espouse the political philosophy of what's called realpolitik. Um, Define that again. The, just the strong do what they want, and, and then the, the weak, weak suffer, suffer what they must. You know, it's like whatever whatever crossfire they get caught up in it's like well that's that's just the reality and again i'm not like trying to sound unsympathetic because you know lives are being lost and and i think the greatest thing that we can be praying for is that people in ukraine mm -hmm. and people in russia would be saved would find the gospel and mm -hmm. would you know uh repent and turn their lives you know to to christ um but then okay you, you have the two the two states in the southeast of ukraine Luhansk and Donetsk. Donetsk. Uh, they are now majority separatist. So should those states be able to say, Ukrainian government, we declare that we are now uh, these like these two states, or j let's just say us, you know, in, in our state, we are now uh, we now pledge fidelity to the Russian government, and we will p start paying taxes to them. And, you know, they, their troops, if their troops were to move into here, then uh, that that wouldn't be an invasion. That would be just them protecting their own because we consider ourselves Russians now. Yeah. So so should that be, you know, mm -hmm. legal? If, and then I, I think part of it is like, OK, what if what if um, what if Alaska wants to either declare itself independent or say we want to be we want to be Canadian now? If they if a majority of them vote to do that, should they be able to do that? Yeah, so everyone's being bullied into some sort of submissive, you know, taxation uh, authority authority relationship. Yeah, that's that's why you have so, uh, what are the? That's why you have countries. Well, like... That's that's why you have sovereign citizens. Oh um... yeah, I do not submit. <laughs> I do not submit to a search. That, uh... that is my government issued name. That is not my name. So um, okay. Yeah. So 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 in terms of of the two, um territories in ukraine um my questions would be uh is is there 
representation that allows um, the intention and desire of and that represents those regions to the government. That to, they, the to the Ukrainian government? Ukrainian government. Um, just like I would say, like, look, if, if that's the case of Alaska... And, and look, you're talking to someone that I'm like, I would not be super butthurt if America broke up into some more manageable... Uh, Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, so, like, you're not a federalist. You're like a... Like, you're like, I'm, oh, I'm, state... I'm keeping state you on your toes. control state uh, rights to, to make their own... But but I think but I think we have... You're I think, a confederate. She's... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, but I think I think there's representation there, and and the, the there's states... a flag for people like you. <laughs> oh my oh god! Oh no. no. Okay. I I mean um, the political philosophy is not necessarily to be espoused. Like Switzerland is a confederacy, so there's there's representation within uh, the larger the government uh, that the states can then appeal to and, and everything like that. Now forceful secession, um, forceful. Um, Hey, this is what we're going to do. Good luck stopping us. This is our well, final decision. Th this is our will. This is our will. And so we are voting. Hey, you're going to call yourself a democracy. We're voting to not, you know, our, our tax dollars are not ruples. Or, or yeah, we're going to change currency. Like mm. our tax money is not going to go to the Ukrainian government anymore. It's going to go to Moscow. Yeah. So, so I think the... Um, responsible might not be a good word for it but i think the responsible thing would be hey this is what this is the will of the citizenship this has mm -hmm. been we've gone through the process and the procedure mm -hmm. that this isn't just like some uh mob you know, yeah, yeah type of yeah you know it, we've we've gone through um i'm making arbitrary numbers a 10-year uh uh census of this this is what we're doing this is the plan and then here, here's now we've, you know, we come together and we create an exit strategy or uh, a, a reframing that you, um, I don't want to say are able to survive without us to the same degree as with us, because obviously when you lose something, somebody comes out ahead and somebody comes out behind, but this is how we address this. You know, mm. this is our plan for sovereignty. This is your plan for continued sovereignty. And it's been taken under advisement, and there's a transition period. Um, again, that is like talking big hopes for any type of bureaucracy, mm. and I fully understand that. Mm. Um, but I, I think that's, you know, that was a, a hypothetical situation in terms of the two territories in Ukraine. Is there representation for them to uh, voice this? Is there. Potential. Well, and, I, and then I don't not, know. I mean, I know they they have a, some sort of representative democracy, well, and and so there's. I'm not but, looking for a concrete answer though, because because if not, then it's hey, why is this? Is it because truly culturally you identify more as Russian than Ukrainian, or because well, the yeah. border was poorly drawn? I mean, it, and it, it's majority ethnically Russian, yes. right? And and linguistically, mm -hmm. yes, Russian. That, that's what I've heard on those. Mm -hmm. on this. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know nearly as much, so I don't want to sound like an authority, but from what I've heard... No, it is. Uh, yeah, it, I mean... Mm -hmm. so, so if no, there is no process or mm -hmm. procedure, and if there is valid reason, and mm -hmm. it's not um, propaganda campaigns, mm -hmm. that... that is ran by well, everybody. It's not just... Yeah. I'm not trying to sit Who's here and propaganda? make it sound like it's Russian propaganda, but everyone yeah. has propaganda campaigns. So it's... The, the ethnic lines were drawn poorly, and, you know, 
then yeah, like I would I would fully stand for those for that independence. Mm. Um, if there is process and procedures, then I think what I just laid out in terms of the the United States hypothetical is ideal. Mm. Ideal is not always real. So hey, that that's great. That is a great conclusion to have come to with that. And so, ten minutes ago, you asked Eric a question, and then. I, I spent five minutes asking you a question that you just spent five minutes answering. So, like, okay, your question to Eric was something. I've, I've asked Eric lots of questions. Well, just the, mo- the most recent one where I, I kind of cut you and I was like, okay, so first of all, how do you feel about North Korea? Okay. You said, and would then, they be worse or better? No, no, no. That, that was, that was kind of, well, that was his question that I had also put it so on there. So, before that? But it's like... uh no, not not before that, but just are um, you trying to get us to say it, or have you forgotten the question? I've I've forgotten specifically. I've forgotten specifically how you worded it. But do you guys remember? No, because that's the only one I'm coming to is the one. It, where he well, was he he was saying something. He was asking you about like you know these people basically being uh, bullied or being uh, forced into an authority submission relationship without their consent. Because that's why I brought up North Korea, and then it's like look. Yeah. You know, if, if Florida wanted to say that we're an independent country, we're not going to pay federal tax anymore, should we be able to do that? Mm-hmm. But anyway, that was kind of the, the gist of his question toward you, was like, what um, kind of, one, why are you being so uh, insensitive or in, like, apathetic. Just, yeah, apathetic and just saying, like, well, you might as well shake their hand and, and thank them for the, mm. the extra money that you're going to get. But it's like, what yeah. gives Russia the right to roll on in and declare that they now are the lords, the yeah. sovereign lords of this patch of land and these mm. people that used to be Ukraine. Yeah, and, and I would say it's because they can. Yeah. Um, but by that same measure then wouldn't you then be wouldn't you then support our our actions and say, because we can, we can then step in and say well, no 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 we won't Yeah, we I won't think it's confusing. I'm not yes, supporting support it. I'm versus, acknowledging yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Like that's just the way it works. Yeah, he's not saying, "Oh, this is going to be great." Yeah. No, 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 no. Like, and, and I'm not trying to make yeah. that be the case. Yeah. Like, I'm not. Like, that's why I said, like, I'm not trying to call you like a Russian sympathizer. Right, right, right. Um, but but do I acknowledge that the United States does it too? Yeah. But that's why I would say that we're hypocrites. It's because we're, we're trying to make it like Putin is the bad guy and the Ukrainians mm-hmm. are the good guys, and it's like it's not like that at all. If you want to see bad guys, just look in a mirror. We're all bad guys. You know, like, we all would do this. This is, unfortunately, the setup that there is, but this is nothing new. That's what I just don't get, and people are very, uh, I don't mean you, but, like, what I've seen on the internet and stuff, people are just very naive about this. And even the Ukrainians are very naive about this, because they're asking for for the United States to send troops, or, you know, the the EU, or, I guess, the EU or NATO, Mm -hmm. because those are kind of turning out to be synonymous now. (laughs) Um, But they're, they're asking other countries to step in, and it's like, look, you, you can look at the United States history and you can see where they have stepped in. It was strategic. You know, like even with, I mean, you go to World War II, why did we step in with, with Germany or Japan? Well, with Japan, we were attacked and then Germany declared war on us. So we didn't really have a choice, you know, mm-hmm. but we, we, we usually uh, go in when we think we can win. I mean, that's any country. Right. Yeah. We have our own interests. We're not just going to send troops just to die. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. It's like the Ukraine, the Russian uh, situation, there's no way to really beat Russia. 
So you're just going to have um, Ukraine either split down the middle and, and make it another Korea, which I don't know why they would want that. Or, you know, you could just give it to Russia, which is not great. They being Ukraine? Yeah, it's not, not great. And obviously, I know why they would want that. Why they would? Yeah. The Ukrainian? Are you talking about yeah. The Ukrainians would want that? Yeah, I know why they would. Why? Better some than all. Well, yeah, right? I mean, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. It's not... Or, or better some than none. Yeah. yeah. you want to look at it. But, but, yeah. but it's not the end of the world for these people. And they're acting like it is. And it's because, you know, I think that they're... I mean, look, if your country's being taken over, taken over obviously... You're going to react like this and be, you know, emotional. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. And it, like, you see the scenes and it's just, mm -hmm. it's terrible. Mm -hmm. I would get pissed off too if people were just dying in this foreign power or whatever. But at the end of the day, like, man, pause and think the long term. And you will realize that there will still be a life for you. You could still make a good living. Your children could live in a decent life. And, and even if you don't like it, I mean, there have been plenty of Ukrainians and Russians that have gone to other countries and the, the Russian government hasn't stopped them. Mm. There see, are plenty of Russian Ukrainians here. But see, like, I I feel like that's the flaw with, like, a, with, like, the mutually assured destruction theory. Like, like then, they're like, what would you say, like, oh, if Russia wanted to invade the United States, which I don't think they will, yeah. but it's like, hey, you know, like, we're a nuclear power, they're a nuclear power, if they, if they try to invade us... We'll, we'll launch our missiles and they'll launch their missiles yeah. and we'll all die. Yeah. So, like, isn't it just better to, like, become Russian than dead? And it's well, like, you're like... Well, no, because you, you give don't have to liberty, be Russian. Why not? Give... Because Russia can't destroy mm -hmm. you or invade you. Why not? Because we would bomb them before that happens. They would bomb us and then they'd be right. dead. So, so I... But there'd be nothing left to invade and there'd be no Russians left to, to help us learn to Russian. To be invading. That's what mutual assured destruction. It's like there's right, nothing. Right. Yeah, there's, it's everyone like, loses in that. Yeah, but but what you, I'm saying is, like, if you're playing King of the Hill and you destroy the hill, the game's over. You know what I'm saying? So right. it's like, so that's why there's there's always for the next at least hundred years. Somehow you and I are saying the same thing, but we're on opposite ends of this, and it's blowing my mind right now. I'm but, sorry. No, and I know why. It's because for you, you're seeing it wrong, and you're like, we should do something. And I'm saying it is wrong, and we can't do anything. So, so don't. No, but I, I feel like that's not what I'm saying. I'm There's saying no in the example yeah. of Russia well, invading the United States. Okay, and this is. I'm, I'm arguing what you're saying. Like, hey, wouldn't it be better to not do anything because doing something would then lead to nuclear holocaust? Issue, yeah, a nuclear holocaust. And you're saying. Well, because uh, if we learn Russian, that would be doing something. That would be Russia doing something to us. So they're not going to do it because they're like, oh, it's not worth it because, you know, this is just going to start a war. Okay, but hypothetically. Hypothetically. They do. Start a war. Hypothetically, they try to invade okay. the United States. What would you advocate for? Um, or, or I shouldn't say advocate. <laughs> I shouldn't say advocate. No, 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 because because that's, again, I'm not, I'm genuinely not trying to... Well, you I'm to not trying to be uh, coy or being uh, hard, like, like... No, no, I'm, I know you're not. But what, what I was just going to say, like, what, before you ask what you're going to ask, like, I believe in that scenario, everything's gone. Because you think everyone would press the big red button. 100% certain. But what would you, what would you say is the, the would, you, would you say that we should defend ourselves or would you say that we should uh, roll over and let Russia invade? I don't like to talk in the category of should. 
because now I'm going to be implementing morality. And in my morality as a Christian... But isn't that what you've done with Ukraine? No, no, no. I'm being completely pragmatic. Yeah, he, he's not... I'm missing something. He's not using language of, of like, like support or should yeah, or, yeah. or, you know, advocate for... Okay. I, I think he's much more just trying to provide a, a description. So, so what would you say would be the pragmatic solution? Survive. Yeah. Okay, I, so you would say become Russia. Like, let, let Russia invade. Yeah, like, like... As an alternative to no humans existing, I think it's better to be Russian than dead. Right? Yeah. No, no, no. I, I get, I, I fully understand that. Right. But I just, I just wanted to. Yeah. So, like, for it's because you use the U.S. as a gun because, like, the U.S. is not Ukraine. U.S. can stand up to Russia. Yeah. So, right. for, for, but for, okay, for let's Ukraine. say, let's say all the nuclear missiles Are were gone. only yours to oh. either deploy or not deploy. Ooh. Would you deploy? Is that like a fair? No, what? What I'm substitute for the question. I'm, what I'm trying to figure out is where's the line of taking action? Because because it feels like you're just saying, like, look, if, if Russia does this, they can do it. Yeah. And any action we take uh is gonna end terribly. Right. So I let think... them do it. So so I was trying to I was trying to get yeah. a little closer to home and say, like, okay, so where's the line? Like if they like Ukraine can't defend themselves, so we should just let Russia. Well, we can defend ourselves, I think, so should we let Russia? I think part of this also goes back to like, is it the United States' job to be the police of the world and to everywhere that we see injustice, insert ourselves as the arbiter of right and wrong, and like right. the one who's going to come, you know, kiss all the boo boos and make everything right again? Yeah. So, just this is completely pragmatic. It's not uh, not ethical. That, uh, well, maybe I guess it's an ethic, but not, it's not, I'm not trying to be moral here. Okay. I'm just trying to be pragmatic. Okay. Where the line is, is what you can do as a country. If I yeah. can do this, if I can afford this, then I will do it. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's in my interest, um, that's just how it's going to be. That's what these countries are doing at the end of the day. Um, but in a moral sense, I think that what Russia has them, what Putin, who Putin is, this guy's a murderer. There's no, mm. there's no two, like, no two ways about it. And I think that's what makes him so dangerous is because who you have in office is an actual murderer. Right. Mm -hmm. He's probably killed people while he was in the KGB, maybe killed people to get into power. Mm -hmm. uh, this guy doesn't care about that. Whereas a career politician, when I go back to like Biden or Trump or whoever, where, I mean, Trump's not really a career politician, but a businessman, you're going to kill anybody. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, <laughs> directly. I feel like there's a like maybe that's just like a Mark my conspiracy theory. Mind. Like, I mean, I there like might a, be politicians that have killed people. No, I was gonna say like billionaires of like they probably led to deaths of people. Okay. Well, led to deaths, yeah. But uh, like Putin's probably killed people with his hands. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Trump would be. Again, not a should thing. Yeah, not supporting, yeah. advocating, whatever. Yeah, I don't, like I don't a, think Trump could. I'm if probably not, yeah. too small. No, I'm just, saying he doesn't, <laughs> I'm just saying he doesn't have the stomach. Thank you. Yeah, sure. <laughs> like, and, and, but that's what I'm saying is there is the pragmatically <laughs> an advantage because you have one person willing to go to an extent that the other person isn't, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just, that's just the situation. That's just, I'm just being real with it. Mm -hmm. I want it is, the Ukrainian... It, it does seem to be, and I don't I don't know a ton about this, so maybe I shouldn't even be saying, but it does, it does seem to be like it's a little short-sighted to say you're going to take a stand assuming that other nations are going to do the fighting for you mm. to say mm. we're going to stand against russia you guys come support us well to fight with money you don't have mm. right well the that's actually our fault because 
when we convinced Ukraine mm -hmm. to hand over their nuclear weapons back to the Russians, mm -hmm. okay, mm -hmm. we said that we will be there in, you know, in any oh, case. Yeah. And the Russians also said, we will not attack you. But that was under an administration that was not Vladimir Putin, which someone should have thought, hey, what if someone comes into what power? What if in wants... the future? <laughs> right. What if? What and if guess, 60 guess, years from now? Guess who did that? Yeah. Well, th that, was, that was Bill Clinton, yeah. who was the president. That was completely relevant at that point in time. But this is how short-term presidencies mm. are in the United States. Oh, yeah. Because you got Clinton, you had Bush, you had Obama, you had Trump. And now look at where we're at. We have went through so many presidents. But, but for 20 years, it's been Putin, Putin, Putin. Okay. Medvedev, huh? but really Putin. Oh, yeah, there was, <laughs> yeah. There was that one dude. Yeah, um, but he was a puppet of Putin. He was yeah. a puppet of Putin. So, and, and anyways, it's not, like, I can even understand why Clinton did what he did, because if there is ever a conflict between Ukraine and Russia, then, once again, you got another India-Pakistan mm. right there. So, you're yeah. just in a, we were not in a position to shake things up and get the new status quo, get the new world order. We're still in that same old world order. Mm. We're going to be there for a long time, so it's like, just get used to it. You mm. can't do anything right now. Play the long game. Well, Maybe an opportunity will open up, and then you could do something. And the other thing where it's like, I, I definitely see the United States or NATO as, I don't, I don't know if blame is the right word, but it's like, look, you got to admit that things have been looking better and better and better and more sunshiny for all the NATO people and then bleaker and bleaker for Russia over the last, mm -hmm. you know, 30 years. Like, um... The promise under what I've what I've heard uh, a lot of recently is that the promise under George H. W. Bush when the Soviet Union fell is don't worry like okay East Germany is going to be united to West Germany and Germany is going to be a NATO country just like West Germany was NATO mm -hmm. East Germany is just going to be brought into that but NATO will never move any further east mm -hmm. and then it's like 1997 you start adding. Like, was it Poland was next? And then I know Spain was actually one of the late covers, but... Uh, we had um, Poland, the Czech Republic, and Slovakia. Hungary, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania. Greece, uh, Turkey. Greece and Turkey were original members, or Bridget? 49 members. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah, right. Turkey was, because that was about cutting off the Black Sea at the Bosphorus. Oh, um, but yeah, it's like... And then you have the Baltic State, all, so actually a, there's a every, piece of Russia in between... Or yeah, that NATO's in yeah, between. the exclave. But uh, it's oh man, what was I about to say? All, oh yeah, all of the former Warsaw Pact countries, which were all of Russia's former friends, mm -hmm. they're all NATO now. Yeah, every single one of them. Yeah, and the way I explain this to the high schoolers is like, okay, imagine you got these friends that you go, you guys go all the way back to kindergarten together, and then there's this new kid that shows up. And, like, his dad's really rich, and he's the, t the kind of kid that, like, when he invites people over for his birthday parties, his friends wind up leaving with gifts. You know, it's just, it's awesome to be this guy's friends. There's all these perks, all these benefits, and his dad's, like, a, I don't know, MMA fighter or whatever, so he kicked <laughs> the crap out of anybody that tried to, to start anything with you. And, like, if you're Russia, you've got these last two friends, Belarus and Ukraine, yeah. and it's like, all you've lost all of your other friends to this guy, and then Ukraine gets invited to one of his birthday parties, yeah. and you're like, crap, like, mm -hmm. I'm about to lose my last mm -hmm. old Which is buddy, you know? A very so, important So buddy. instead, I will lock him in my basement, <laughs> and, like, he cannot uh, not be my friend. Which, so. which is basically, like, what I thought Putin had come out and said, 
was that he claimed not that because I think the way that it's painted is like Russia's this giant aggressor who's pushing forward, and he's saying, "Well, I see it as quite the opposite." Which, mm. when you talk like what you were just what, when you were just saying, like I can kind of almost see what he's saying. Of mm. he sees the West coalescing, yeah, joining forces together, mm. getting closer and closer to his border, gaining more and more power, gaining mm. more and more alliances, and stripping more away from him and destabilizing Russia and all that. So it's like and. When, Funding it's, it's, terrorist coups like, know, inside of Russia. Like, I know mm. how not terrible just Putin like... is. And so I'm not, like, trying to in all be... Like, I, I'm not sympathetic to that. But it's like, when I see when I see what, what he's claiming about, like, just taking this just to survive as Russia, mm. as being the motivation, and I'm looking at that, and I'm, I'm listening to that, the history that you're talking about, I was like, I kind of see his point of what it looks like. That might not be what it is, but it's like... It ask looks to like... go to the birthday party. My, my question... Ask if you can be invited. <laughs> my question is, is this for the survival of Russia, or is this for the survival of Putin? I, th- I think... control? I, I don't think either of those is the way I'd word it, as much as I'd say... I, and I'm, I'm not trying to... I'm not trying to... Mm-hmm. Uh, like, what I'm about to say might actually be worse, is <laughs> it's about the survival of Russian... He might say dignity, but empire yeah. is the word. Like, for Russia to, like, what what I did with my students, um, I think on Friday, I was like, okay, hey, go back to this map on page, uh, you know, 249, where it's the Napoleonic Wars and everything. And uh, so find Ukraine for me there. And they're like, well, <laughs> it's not there. I'm like, yeah, okay, now go, uh, you know, go up to, you know, the Russo-Japanese War and, like, find, can you find Ukraine? Or uh, go up to, you know, World War One, or go up to the... You know the the mm-hmm. Bolshevik Revolution, like you know, can you? And it's like there's no there's no Ukraine. It's like keep keep going, like go into future chapters that we haven't hit yet. Mm-hmm. When's the first time you see Ukraine? And for us, it's a map that's 1995. But I told them like you know it's 1991. I'm like, look, I'm I'm older than this than the idea of this country having sovereign control. Now I get like I'm a localist. I'm not a top down you know big government federalist. I I'm very much in the camp of the ideal is for the people to decide themselves the government that they want to submit to. Mm-hmm. And like, if I, I think that it would be ideal if like, if Osceola County and Polk County say, Hey, we just want to be our own country. Like this rectangle right here in smack in the middle mm-hmm. of Florida. We just want to be our own country. We don't want to pay federal taxes. Mm-hmm. Then uh, again, you can invoke the word should, you know, like, you know, should people be able to, to do that? I, sure. I think under ideal circumstances, but I get that no, no version of America is going to allow that to happen. And in the same way that I'd say no version, even though like you can call that harsh or oppressive or controlling or, or, you know, subjugating. And then it's like, you know, our tax dollars are going to, the tax dollars that I, as a Osceola County citizen will pay to the federal government, that's going to go to turn Palestinian kids into skeletons. And like, I, I I don't like that aspect Mm. of American imperialism. Okay. Blah, 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 blah. There's no version of America that's gonna not let that happen, right? Or whatever the duration <laughs> of that verb is. Mm-hmm. And there's no version of Russia that's going to continually uh, sit by and watch Ukraine flirt with the new jock in school, mm-hmm. where it's like, no, nah, we go back to kindergarten. You know, it's like I'm, uh, you're you're gonna be mine, right? Whether you know whether you like it or not. And that is that is bad. The invasion and the killing and bad bad thing like on the record because it's like I don't want to be the guy in 
like 1941 that's like, well, you know, like the, the Austrians want to be invaded by Germany. And so like they they're just getting what they they want. And, and they were right. And like the, you know, the Sudetenland around Czechoslovakia, it, it really was mostly ethnically Germans and they really did want to be ruled by Germany. But that land really was currently under the rule of Czechoslovakia. It's like, OK, mm. uh, all that to say, like the invasion knee part is bad mm. and I don't like it. Yeah. At the same time, it's like the strong do what they mm-hmm. will, the weak suffer what they must. And uh, and it feels so easy to say that as a member of the strong, the strongest country in the world by far yeah. when it comes to military capabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the reality stands the same. And like, I know that that can come off as unsympathetic and you know, uh, just, what's the word? Apathy? Yeah, just ap- yeah, callous, callous, callous mm-hmm. apathetic, um, and it's like I, it's not that I don't mourn the lives that are being lost. Um, it, it's just that I, I don't see a version of Russia existing where this doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. They worked a lot to get to where they are now. Like to, the fact that they, I mean, it was part of it was providence uh being so blessed with natural resources Mm. but they really worked their infrastructure in getting out those resources and having these trade deals like i don't know if you know this but even in the the cold war era when they had natural gas pipelines all of their pipelines during the cold war were going through ukraine when ukraine became an independent country they were charging russia billions to continue those pipelines Mm. okay so in Russia, like you're just adding the reasons for Russia to have Ukraine under their control. They're going to save billions. That's why they built another pipeline uh, into Germany. Was they're trying to to um, get themselves independent of of mm-hmm. uh, those pipelines in Ukraine. But then if Ukraine is also building their own pipelines and providing for Europe, then that mm. becomes a moot point. And then all this time that you build yourself to be relevant again. Mm is gone it's like what do you want them to do there, there doesn't seem to be like a peaceful resolution so they're going to go militarily and they're going to win that i mean that's in mm. their favor so it's just like what i'm saying is the long term the long game and just being pragmatic about it it's like mm. i completely understand what, what why the ukrainians are doing what they're doing but mm-hmm. if you just look at it objectively which is very hard i know that's a big ask mm-hmm. it's like the best thing for you if you want to survive is not to fight this mm. is to actually try to set yourself up in the best position and maybe it just doesn't seem like they're gonna surrender anything but maybe you know having a resistance for a little time may buy you a little bit more power in the negotiations but mm-hmm. if you're really thinking like scorch earth policy it's like, who benefits from that mm-hmm. not even you mm-hmm. so it's like either you're going to be a neutral state where the the NATO or NATO um, US are gonna have to guarantee they'll never be part of NATO, mm. no no military presence whatsoever. I was hearing someone say, imagine that that America even goes, uh, well, well, like Russia calls NATO out on its promise and says everything east of Germany has to be let out of NATO. Like, you've got to let the Baltic states out. You've got to let Poland out. Like, these guys cannot be NATO anymore. Mm. See, um, Travis, what you keep, what's that quote that you keep saying? The, the strong 
do as they will. And, and the we suffer, suffer what they must. Okay. Not as like a should. No, no, no. Just no. this is the. So, so just two thoughts kind of came to mind to me. Um, where Eric, you were talking about, um, you know, from from a pragmatic standpoint, you know, set yourself up for the best success. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, in a way, even just having some kind of resistance at least sets you up and and puts hey you know what maybe these people didn't want this like sure they lose 50 years down the line hey you know what though like what's the story these people fought this this wasn't a this wasn't they went willingly kind of thing so it it that alone potentially sets them up for success pragmatically um and then the strong do what they will and the weak um do what they what to like do what they can to survive um those are such arbitrary terms and it, like who is the strong and who is the weak and the but, one who's but, winning but is but strong like that i don't think not, i think that might be the least fight well, is what i'm saying and, and so yeah. what, what i was about to say is like like arguably like america's the weak one here because we're just sitting back and saying like well we don't want to step in because then everyone dies. I, Meanwhile, I, like the Ukraine might be the strong ones because they're actually putting well, up resistance. Theoretically, like, if you do nothing, then you are you would be the weakest, right? Because if you have nukes and all this power and you don't do anything and you let Russia just like invade, like in your example, yeah, you'd be the weakest, right? But 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 that's what I'm saying. It's like like we're like we're 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 looking at at some of the stuff as if, hey, you know what, like the this is the outcome mm -hmm. uh, this is this is the immediate outcome russia wins because they're strong and russia and and and, and i'm just saying like but we don't know that and like 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 we're kind of talking as if like this is just stone and this is what the next 50 100 200 years are going to look like it, but it's like we we don't know because mm -hmm. the ukraine is setting up to say like look we don't want this we mm -hmm. might lose they might take us but history is going to show that we didn't want this and we rebelled and so when we're potentially better aligned or when russia's maybe destabilized a little bit or when this doesn't work out that it's all you know roses and 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 oil pipelines uh then we can surge up as a voice and say look 50 years ago we've resisted mm -hmm. this and we endured this for 50 years and it hasn't worked so now come and rally behind us so kind of like the noble resistance kind of like how instead of letting germany through belgium put up a uh, a fight even though they to, had no chance and they yeah. knew they didn't yeah what was weird about that is they put up a surprisingly good resistance they mm. did still had no chance but they had <laughs> like absolutely no chance i mean uh britain almost got overrun by germany yeah. so belgium had absolutely no chance they showed but there's up a, on i get bicycles. what you're saying there is a nobility in saying like even though i still am fighting for my homeland i'm, I'm fighting for that mm. And that makes that so that makes sense of like the principle of it to stand. And you're doing it for your grandchildren yeah. and for the the memories that um, they're gonna I, have. I do feel like maybe we drink a little bit too deep of that with the American underdog story when you start un, like untra like tracing back of like, oh, because America was this little nation that beat this world empire, but when you start going digging in the history a little bit more, it's like we were not fighting against the strongest mm. British Empire. Mm -hmm. We were fighting against a very weak very economically depressed very bankrupt nation 
that did not feel like we were worth like keeping. Mm. So I think that's something that we can be like, and yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, so they, like, they were divided, like they were yeah. just coming out of war. Exactly. So I think that I say I think sometimes we can go really hurrah for like, oh, underdog nations put up a fight because we did, and look at where where we are now. It's like. But that's, in least yeah. in my opinion, it's, like it's not really a fair parallel for what we actually were going against. Well, hey, I forgot you were here. Uh, <laughs> well, let's look a little bit at the the situation with the United States or um, and looking at Ukraine and all that, or Belgium, right? So the, the United States, uh, you could talk about this, the, the current state of the British Empire and, and mm-hmm. how much they were willing to fight, but militarily... It was it was a done deal for the British, right? But there was a world power that got involved. Okay, yeah. you look at Belgium. There were several world powers that were involved. Mm-hmm. Um, in Belgium directly, or are you ref- are are you saying in Belgium directly? Or? Belgium Belgium security was guaranteed by the British Empire. The British Empire were allied to the French Empire, and or not the French Empire, the French Republic, and the Russian Empire. So. The, the Belgian uh, government, or the king, was able to actually live in France, and there was still mm. a little slither of Belgium that wasn't taken over. But the point is, you have that major difference. There is no world power that's going to come to the aid mm. of Ukraine. They can't. Mm. Uh, so there's this unspoken... Well, I mean, it's a spoken rule. Like, we're not going to go to war with each other. Nobody wins. Now, the day that they can win, the day that one of these world mm. powers thinks they can knock the other one, there you will have that war that you're mm. talking about. So for Ukraine, I'll give a parallel to the United States. The southern country, the Confederacy, they rebelled. They were like, you know, you know, the resistance, maybe 50 years from now, people will remember, and we don't remember them very fondly anyways. But I would say that all southern states have benefited from staying in the Union. The same thing could be with Ukraine. You don't know if maybe there'll be a regime change where there'll be more of those freedoms granted to Ukraine. They don't know that. Right. But you're you're now part of a world power. There's more that you can do than you could ever have done independently. Because even if you wanted to join NATO, okay, you were still going to have to... Uh, your, your, your sovereignty would have been guaranteed to some extent, but... Your where you're going to end up in the future was still going to be dependent on world power backing and the other 40 nations joining you and keeping their word, which is so stupid. Like I've said this when we first talked about yeah. NATO is a, is a paper tiger, and I think that NATO is going to yeah. be replaced by the EU. Um, but but it doesn't make sense when you got Greece and Turkey in the same alliance when they are close to going to war themselves. Mm. It's it's just a dumb thing. Yeah. Like it's not. It's done now. It made sense in the Cold War. The Cold War, in that sense, is over. So you have to rethink things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the EU is actually sending weapons, and I'm like, this is so stupid. They're actually sending weapons to uh, Ukraine. Ukraine, and it's like, if you, <laughs> if you think the Russia's going to let you just do that, and then mm-hmm. what? You know, mm-hmm. like, stop it. Like, stop yeah. escalating. Mm-hmm. And that was the point that this guy said in, in like uh, when I was watching India TV. I was like, so taken aback by how rational this guy was being. He's like, you don't need to escalate. You just need to find a solution. And no sides are trying to find a solution. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, if you don't want Russia to go to war, then talk to them. And if you're like, well, we don't want to give into your demands, then let them go to war. Like, you can't mm-hmm. have both. Yeah. Or you stop talking and you put up yeah. and you start sending your troops there. Yeah. But if you don't really want to do that, then stop giving this country hope. Stop making yeah. this all like because yeah. you're you're screwing Russia over big time, and they're going to remember that, and they're going to screw us over, 
You know, like it's happened before. Like there are mm-hmm. dead Americans because of Russians, and vice versa. Yeah. So. So like I I think that I think that's a good point that you bring up because like you mentioned about how, in the other examples there is backing. So like hypothetically, if Ukraine say like, uh, I'm, I'm like Britain had backed was was backing them, yeah. that would be a different story in, oh, in yeah. your mindset than what's going because what's going on now is a, a single mm-hmm. isolated country mm-hmm. that does not have ties. Mm-hmm. They saying have they're gonna no was, friends. Yeah, that no. it's good that it's trying to <laughs> that, say that. I I saw I saw a comic. I thought he is like made for you. It's uh Ukraine is Frodo and he's like uh, you told I will, him, Oh yeah. yeah. He's, sta- he's like I will stand against the Russians <laughs> and then America is like you have my sword and then the EU is like you you have my bow and then uh what is it England is like and my and my axe and then you just see Frodo like holding a sword and an axe like going on well, they like Peter out of the like they, they give him his bow and his sword and his axe. <laughs> He's just taking it all to Russia, and I'm like, that is so yeah, cool. I, that it, like that meme is old, but it was made it was, for this moment perfect. in history. It was like that, that's what it is. Like, it's so aggravating because they honestly <laughs> thought they had the backing of the West as like a great way Ukraine. to find out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, because they had. You know, the word of the United States, this is a great, I mean, a terrible way, really, I'm being sarcastic, to yeah. find out who your, who your real friends, friends are. are. Which yeah, this, is... Nobody. <laughs> really, your real friends kind of are Russia. Uh-oh, uh-oh. You know, like, because they're not, they're, right now at least, they're not like, mm. it's not a holocaust They're not trying to destroy it. Yeah. yeah, and it's just like, they're like that friend maybe you don't want, but they're like, with open arms, they're like, come on, man. <laughs> we had some good times. We had some good times. <laughs> Yeah, that's really that's yeah. that's a really awkward situation where like in the cafeteria is like, hey, we're we're cooling out. No, we're good. It's like, ugh. Yeah. yeah, I uh, I love just talking about all this in terms of like high school lunch table. Yeah, diplomacy that's because it, yeah, oh, but that is a, it, knowing all of that background. Like that is a very bleak situation that they're in. Then it why sucks so much. Why in the world then would you? Say, I feel like the best policy would just be like you know, salt the earth and, and go in the mm. diaspora. Just, mm. like, go to other nations that yeah. sound like they're friendly to you. Go So, like, yeah. immigrate to, like... Go have a lot of your... little Moscow yeah. and a lot of big cities. Because I feel like that's happened yeah. in the past. I can't think of... Little Kiev. It's, it's blanking in my mind of, like, the nations that have done that, where they're literally just, like, salt of the earth and, like, Armenia? Left. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, it's there not good. I'm not saying that's Armenians good. I'm not saying that that's, in like... In other countries than in Armenia. But I feel like that's yeah. better than taking a stand to just nothing like you because you survive you, you bring your well and you know, the jews yeah you know um man that because i feel like that would be a much better and option hold than, on the uh, jews is such a great example because who the heck thought they were going to come back two thousand years later don't Holy call it a comeback yeah and like now they have nukes and now they're like pretty much guaranteed to be a country for like ever dude oh. can you imagine if israel joins nato <laughs> if israel joins nato i'm done man <laughs> Oh, my. <laughs> oh gosh! I don't know what's gonna happen. That could it's definitely so happen. Yeah. It's if any so non like, I don't know, Euro origin country is gonna join NATO, it would be it would be Israel. I just love the idea of like a nation going and be like, "Hey, Ukraine, you need to play the long game," and then Israel going like, "Hey, you need to play the Eon game." <laughs> yeah, you need to play the long. <laughs> The Eon game. Yeah. 
you know, people are not going to like you for a lot of time, and then someone's really back. not going to like you, and then everybody's going to feel bad. Then you get a country out of it. Then you get a country out of it. That's just so crazy. That's what I'm saying. Survive. Because tomorrow you never know. Mm. Yeah. Sure. It's not. It's I, not I, I, great. I, 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 like I really I feel so terrible for them. Yeah. I am so pissed at my own country, and like the, these other countries mm. because it's like, but but if you just had some, if you took it out, like I, if you taken the, the big bird's picture, eye. the bird's eye view, mm. right away before you sign that Declaration of Independence for Ukraine, you sh- you could have seen this happening. Mm. I I don't, I don't disagree with you. I I think I. Where where we diverge You're is being more optimistic than I. Am. I. I think I am. Yeah. Um. But I also think, um, on an individual perspective, I'm saying survive, not right. as a national perspective. Okay. Yeah. And I just want to make clear, like, in the immediate sense, maybe they can get a victory. Maybe something happens, and there's just no, there's just, uh, I guess politically, it's just unfavorable. Like. Vladimir Putin's starting to see that even people behind the scenes in his own party are questioning him, or and he pulls out. Sure, what I'm saying in the long run, as long as there's a Russia and as long as they have this position of power, and if there ever is a desire to get Ukraine, they will always be put in this position. And while they may not support it right now, like in Russia, let's say they pull back because they don't support it or whatever. If if NATO and Ukraine are having talks, then all those Russians that were protesting, I don't think they'll be protesting. Because then the fear that isn't necessarily reality and it might seem like just one of those fear-mongering things that Putin would say is becoming a reality. Hmm. I don't think that Russians are really in favor of NATO or, or look at the West favorably. But it's if it's unfavorable to them right now, it's because it's against Ukraine. Right. Hmm. So, anyways. So I feel like and I'm, you know, I'm hesitant to just throw out things because I know there's a billion different things I'm not seeing on the global scale. Uh, but I feel like it, it would, if I was Ukraine, uh, it seems like the best option going forward is just to negotiate with Russia a good settlement of like this. Maybe if it's if you know, find out like what is the frustration that's causing the invasion, and if it is just you know we don't want you to be charged for the pipeline or that, find a way that you can exist independently, but mm. yet have a favorable alliance with them. I feel like that seems like the best alternative rather than kind of like hoping that a bunch of nations will back you mm. and then having them say, nah. Yeah, like being really gung-ho. Right? Yeah. It's like, no, I'll stand up to you. Right, guys? Guys? Yeah. Right, you right, have right. my axe. Yeah. It might, it, might not be just, the, it might not be the best deal you get, but it's like it's a deal you can get instead yeah. of having nothing. Well, it, the most frustrating thing is like, dude, Putin... Or, like, you know, just everybody... We had such a good thing going. Like, <laughs> Russia, as not an empire, but just a, a country, was so much better off mm. than Russia when it was an empire, when it was the mm-hmm. USSR, when it was, you know, just all these different iterations of, of Russian identity. It's like, yeah. Russians never had it better than the last 30 years. And that the same is true for the rest of the world, largely. And it's like, yeah. you want to go and mess that up. Yeah. And now we gotta have a World War Three. Mm. Maybe. Cause I no, I, I I don't think it will happen. I don't think though. other nations are gonna be pulled in, but I feel like it's it's still boggles the mind that we have uh, treaties like that. 
like After NATO. two failures of like, mm. we'll have a treaty that if one goes to war, we'll all go to war. <laughs> I know. First world war let's happens. just tie ourselves right back in the same. And then knot. the Second World War, the same thing of like, yeah. okay, let's have a treaty that if Germany is, and then and now we still have it's like. We wouldn't have world wars if it wasn't yeah. for these treaties. And two world wars taught us that. And we're like, you know what? This time it's going to work. And it happened as soon. It was like 1949 when NATO was started. It's yeah. like, oh boy. Yeah. So maybe that's part of the thing of like not having these close conglomeration ties, allies thing. It's just like. Well, some countries have to have that. Like, if you're yeah. Poland and you're not part of NATO, then you're next, mm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, it's just one of those things. And if you're one of the leaders of NATO, oh. mm-hmm. hey, you know, I got another friend here that I can mm-hmm. kind of use or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's kind of just inevitable. Like, the the world just goes through these moments of having a world order and then a shakeup. Um, it's just that right now we've had, we've been due for a shakeup and it's been stalled. And and it's it's building up because like I said, there's more players now. Mm-hmm. Like man, if the United States, I, I'm not saying they should be world police, but if the United States doesn't even have nukes, right? They still have the military capability, but they're like busy somewhere else. You know, Iran, right? Or maybe it's North Korea or something. Like you're starting to think about things. Like I have an opportunity here. I have mm. an open window. You know, and that's then they're not the only one. Mm. You know, India, Pakistan is another one. China. Uh, and then you have other countries that are like, you know what? Maybe it's my time for on the sea. Mm. You know, power. And so, yeah, like, nukes is scary. This this whole world is crappy because you get situations like Sounds this. like, it's Serbia's time to shine, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it would be... Monaco. It would be an interesting <laughs> thing. Like, totally unrealistic, but just to, like, chew on of what if America went back to the isol- isolationist yep. policy and yeah. saying the only thing we're going to be involved in other countries with is free trade. Mm. And then... Uh, we will count our money while you kill we will, yourselves. We will, we will mm. build up our own defense mm. and we'll have our own army in case like something someone does to our one or we have to go over there to that. But otherwise, we are our own thing mm. and we will, you know, go back to our, our old ways of like pre-World War One of selling to Russia and Ukraine weapons. Like we did what if your free trade is disrupted? You know, like Amer- if America's going to go over war, if anything... Like by a U-boat yeah. blockade? I was going to say, that's how... Because basically what I did is I'm like, I just shift those back, I'm like, and then World War runs. <laughs> yeah, right? I guess. Yeah. Well, you know who's going to have a lot of fun with this? Is the dispensationalists. Oh, <laughs> yes. Talking about how... Uh, they already end of time. You know, Ukraine is the golden eagle of revelation to whatever oh yeah well all right we solved it (laughs) catch you guys later bye